Isn't God fabulous? He, yeah, he's just fabulous. I'm overwhelmed by the worship and the, in this um, church, you guys are great. We were here 18 months ago and I just feel you've passed through many waters and you're on the move. I mean, that, the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit during worship was wonderful, built me up, made me want to roar, yes, here comes the church. Because, because this is what it's about. It's about God building up the church for the nation, for Winchester or wherever you've come from. And it's just so exciting. So I want to commend you as a church for being obedient to God and pushing through and hanging in and, and I felt this morning there were people here who were worshipping through pain, worshipping through things happening, worshipping and choosing to worship even though things were not going well. And I just feel God's well done over you. Well done, well done for pushing through and worshipping regardless. And my passion that I carry all the time is for the church, capital C. Love the church. Oh, I love the church so much. Because as I stand and look, I think, wow, look at the people. Look at this. The power in this room and up there is totally incredible. But often we don't even know how how powerful we really are. And the church is the answer to the nation. The church is the answer to whatever's going on in society, the church is the answer. And we may think, it's not me and who am I? But my word, he lives inside us to, to, to bring out all the things he wants to use us for to bless the nation. And you know, the local church is not the kingdom. Sometimes people think this is it. Especially if you're in the local church all the time, this is it. But the local church isn't the kingdom, it's an embassy of the kingdom. So we come and we get from each other, and like on a Sunday morning it's for him, and for us to help each other and encourage each other to go out, sent from the embassy, carrying that word of God as ambassadors, as if God himself was speaking through us. Isn't that amazing? It's an embassy of the kingdom. We, we serve a God who is over the kingdom, and we advance the kingdom wherever we go as the church. That is so exciting. And what a commission God has given us to do this. And you know what? He trusts us. There is no plan to. He trusts us with this commission. And uh, in this season, in this nation, things aren't happy. Things aren't going well. But you know what? The church is rising. And so Greg and I have the privilege of going across the UK into different churches. And may I say the church is healthy? People are healthy. People are like that song we sang about longing more to come. God has put a passion in us for more. Not, well, we're looking to everybody else to bring healing, but it's like, come on, church. Let's rise and be the answer. Let's bring the comfort and the security that people are needing. Let us be secure so that we can bring security to others. And so, you know, when, we, when we're reading newspapers, looking at the TV and so on, 
we, we look globally, keep your picture big, or look at Winchester big, not just what's happening in your street or even in this local church, but it's the church in general in Winchester or wherever you've come from. But you even lift your eyes to the nation and then the nations, and you, th- you look globally, and then you think, ah, what do I do now locally to put things in place? Does it make sense? And so I'm always looking to see what is happening. Um, I'm an avid follower of politics to see what is happening so that I can come. As I go to God and say, now, how do we equip, equip the church for what is happening? And, uh, and then I bring something that will equip the church to actually be the answer for what's happening locally but also globally. Because every local church affects the nation. It's not big churches. We've got big churches and they're affecting. Every single one affects the nation. And how do we do it? Matthew 22, 36 to 40 says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, and he said to the people, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. You know what? He could have stopped there. Because just to love God, I mean, isn't that enough? It's like, whoa. But you know, he immediately said, and the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because you see, once we love God, we are so filled up. How do we not get out there? It's not, I need to go and do When I'm in love with God, when I think Jesus is great, when I think the Holy Spirit has come to fill me and the Father is wonderful, how can I but help see somebody who's not well and think, you know, I'm very scared, and what if it doesn't work? And Too bad. That belongs to God. I can't heal. We can't heal anybody. But you know what? We can go and bring love. We can go with compassion compassion is what the church needs at this time because then we will be praying for people or encouraging people and we don't have to slam the name of Jesus down everybody's throat it's just going and be coming with an opposite spirit so that people come and ask us what's different about you what's different because we come with a different spirit we are the healers that come into work or schools or universities or whatever bringing something different we walk to a, the beat of a different drum. Always different. And it's an uncomfortable one because everybody looks like this and then we come with that. And we become like um, the grit in the oyster. And people think, ooh, there they go again, the Holy Joes, you know. Um, shame, I, I pointed to Joe Gubb. I know Joe Gubb since he was small. Yeah. Um, but the Holy... <laughs> I've got to chuckle now, you know. But, but they see us as the holy Joes. But you know, when there's a problem, who do they come to? Who do they come to? And so it's to love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor. And out of love, we pray for people. We give them words of encouragement. We come with a different spirit and we bring healing wherever we go. 
In Acts 17, 26, one of my favorite verses, it says, and he made one man from, from every nation of mankind to live in all the face of the earth, having determined and allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling. So before time, God planned where he was going to put us. So if you're here and you live in Winchester or around and you're part of this fellowship, or if you've come to visit from another one, he planned for you to be here or there, he planned for you to be here today. He planned, he planned you in this church because you are needed at this point in time to take the church forward in what he's planned for you. Do you see, every single one is important. There's no, well, the leaders or those with the microphone or whatever, they will do it. Everyone, you know, it's, it's not uh, Pink Floyd, just another brick in the wall. It is, we are all extremely important because before time God planned everyone. That one will live here and that one will live, and this one will belong to this, and I'm going to send that one to that denomination and that stream because each one is needed. And it's time for everyone, every single one, to play their part in this next season. You've come so far as a church. You're pumping, by the way, with Holy Spirit power. But there's more. And you've come through something, and now God says, right, it's a new season. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go into the more. You up for that? Yeah? And you know, once we are become Christians, um, are born again, or whatever you want to call it, then we are missionaries immediately. So often we think missionaries go to Africa and India and wherever, but we are all missionaries. And in Nehemiah, they were rebuilding the wall. And the interesting thing is, it says... Um, In Nehemiah 3.23, after them, Benjamin and Hashab repaired opposite their house. Opposite their own house. After them, Azariah, the son of Messiah, son of Ananias, repaired beside his own house. So some people repaired at the dung gate. Some people repaired far away on the opposite side of the wall. Some people go to foreign lands. But you know, most of us repair exactly where we are. So it's not less than we're all repairing the walls that have been broken down of society. We are church in a broken world. And we bring the, the restoration and the repairing of the walls. So people who go away are no more important than the ones stay behind. Because often we put people on a pedestal who go out there but you know, God, before time, predestined, they would go out there. He determined that one will go there, but you're going to stay here. And each job is just as important. Just as important. And so I've watched in the UK, from local congregations, congregations beginning to explode and is going into multi-site and church planting. And the gospel is increasing through this nation in the most wonderful, wonderful way. And I'm just so grateful to God. I'm grateful to God being here at this time. Greg and I came over more than 12 years ago for six months. For six months. (laughs) 
And we are so booked up. We're booked up till November next year. And it's like, how did that happen? How did that happen? But you know what? I think, oh, I know now why I'm here. Because the nation is at a point where the church is needing to stand up. And because in South Africa, I was, was there. We were there when things moved and changed. And eventually, during the whole apartheid thing, the church stood up. And we saw the change come. And I just carry the message. We can turn things around as church. We have power to turn things around because he loves this nation. God loves this nation. And if you've come from another nation, God loves your nation, but he's brought you here for this time. So that what you got from your nation, you come and you you take things from here, but you also bring into this nation the riches of where you've come from. So we've all come to build. We've all come to rebuild the broken walls of society. I want to address the women now, because so often um, women are powerful. There were women praying in that meeting this morning, and I thought, whoa, this is marvelous, so prophetic, so on the balls, with such power. And I thought, this church is full of wonderful, wonderful women. And, but, but you know, the thing is, sometimes women... We say, well, we're not allowed. We use men as an excuse. They haven't given us permission. Women, do you know what I'm talking about? Everybody's too scared to say a thing now. (laughs) But at this time, you know, with a hashtag Me Too kind of thing going on, it's like God has blown on something. And things are being exposed, and God is bringing healing to women, really. And giving us a place and a voice and a voice. Because the church needs men and women. If you, if you read Joel 2, the army marches side by side and there's no jostling. And so often there's a jostling between men and women. But you know, why must we jostle? When we, we've got one common enemy, we each other is not the enemy, we've got one enemy, and we work together, arm in arm, because we've got a group of elders who are men, who are watching and looking after, and they're saying, go, go and do, go and do, men and women, go and do, but it's like, especially for women, yeah, but am I allowed, what if I, what if I step in? Now... Nehemiah 3, the rebuilding of the wall. It says, Next to him, this man, was Shalom, the son of Halawesh, the ruler of half district of Jerusalem. He repaired the walls and his daughters. So Nehemiah's wall building was men and women rebuilding the walls together. And then I don't know, maybe it's just me and I'm naughty, but you know, do you read the Bible sometimes and there's boring bits? <laughs> you know the names? And this one begat that one, we begat that one, and I think, oh boy. And then I want to jump to the juicy bits. <laughs> but this time I thought, 
No, I'm going to read it all. Because you see, names are important to God because our names are written in his book. Therefore, names are important. So I read it name by name. And 1 Chronicles goes through the tribes. Yeah. And so I came to the descendants of Ephraim. And it talks about this man who had a son who went to war, was killed. So he had another son, and that son had a daughter. And this is 1 Chronicles 7, verse 24, which I'd never seen in my life. I feel that God gave it to me as, a, as an eye-opener. Um, it says, from the descendants of Ephraim, this man, his daughter was Shearer. So this woman's name was Shearer. Who built? Shearer, the woman, who built both the lower and upper Beth Horan and Yuzan Shearer. And I thought, now, am I reading right? So I read every commentary that I could to see what did she do. This woman built three cities. It's tucked in the tribes. And I've asked countless people, have you ever seen it? And nobody has seen that before. That this, it's like God opened my eyes and said, say to the women, you've got to build. Come on, women, we build. We help build homes, societies, we help build schools. And that's not brick by brick. This is with our encouragement, with our power. We come with something different. And we come with the kindness and the compact compassion of God and we build we build so this woman she built three cities and it's right there in the middle of the tribes and then in Joshua 10 um, verse 11 when the sun stood still for Joshua the interesting thing is it was all about the Gibeonites and the Gibeonites had come to Joshua Joshua was mowing down all the tribes around and the Gibeonites were, lived next door, but they lied. And they came with broken sandals and old bread and so on. And wineskins that were all crinkled and said, we've come from far away. We've come to, to you to say, please don't come near our town, because, but we're far away. And the Bible says that the men, uh, you know, Joshua and them did not inquire of the Lord. And so they said, okay, and they made a, a deal, a treaty. With, um, with the Gibeonites. And what happened was, once the other kings heard about this treaty with the Gibeonites, they came to get the Gibeonites. Now Joshua had made a mistake. And, and God gave me this this morning. The others aren't prepared, but this. But Joshua had made a mistake. He hadn't asked God. And when he heard that the kings were going to kill the Gibeonites, he could have thought, yay, I made a mistake. My mistake is going to be done away with by these other kings. You know? They're going to wipe them out. But Joshua had made a deal, a treaty with them from the Lord. And Joshua honored the treaty. It wasn't about, I made a mistake. It was about how, when we make a mistake, how do we follow through afterwards? Because Joshua went to fight for the Gibeonites. He honored what he had done by going to fight for them to keep them alive. He could have had them killed and off his shoulders. And I feel today there's people here, you think you've made a mistake. 
Somewhere you've made a mistake. And, and maybe you thought it was God, but an enemy is saying you didn't even listen to God and now you, you're suffering and you need to suffer. And God is saying, walk through. Walk through. Keep your head up and walk through this. It's not the mistakes we make, it's how we handle them afterwards. How do we walk through when we've made a mistake? Keep your head up. Keep your eyes on God. Keep trusting. Keep to your word like Joshua did. And when, when Joshua went to fight for the Gibeonites, there was great slaughter and so on. But then interestingly enough, the Gibeonites, uh, the kings fled from Joshua down the, the slopes of Beth Horon. And so God used this woman's town, city, is mentioned in Joshua um, 10, the only time God has listened to man, when the sun stood still for Joshua. And it was on the slopes of this woman's city. I just find that quite incredible. Quite incredible. And as God just went saying to women, come on, come on, let's build. Let's, let's hook in with the men, knowing that there are fine men who are overseeing and watching to see that we, you know, things don't go wrong, that the, the wolves don't come in, that the elders guard the gates. But then we hook in and we say, come on, people. Look out there. It's not all facing the elders. It is the elders saying, people, go. And we go arm in arm, encouraging men and women together because there's a common enemy. There's a fight. And I want to ask for unity among us, Lord. Something, something to be done among us where we accept each other and each other's giftings and, and celebrate each other so that the enemy will not get a foothold at this time of the hashtag me too. I want to ask that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Is that okay with everyone? Are you all a bit shocked? Is it all right? Women feeling all right? You've got permission. The, the Bible gives permission to do your gifting. Men, go for it. I love men. I think they are totally marvelous. But we work differently. We've got We've each got something to contribute and we make a whole. Instead of the lopsided, you know, and, you know, should I and shouldn't I from both sides, really. So I want to speak courage in this next phase for this church, this next season. Courage in men and women. And even men and women who think they're nobodies. Courage, people. Courage to know that you're not another brick, a small brick or pebble in the wall, but a vital part of what of what God has got for us. You see, we are dignity bringers. Nobody in the, in the world can bring dignity to people like the church can. We bring dignity wherever we go. We speak the kindness of God, the love of God, the compassion of God. Wherever we go, you know, Isaiah 58 says, uh, when you put away the pointing finger, and we can, as church, for myself too, it's like, look what they're doing, and look at this, and that, and this, and look at the government. And the... But Jesus didn't come in the world to condemn the world, but to, but to save the world. So we put away the pointing finger, and we bring blessing. We bless wherever we go. Jesus said, if someone's harmed us, you bring blessing. And so for me, having been in the church for a while, um, I love the church, but there's various people who 
didn't treat me too well. And I've had to work through issues. But you know what? Here I am. I've forgiven them. When I talk about it now, there isn't that sting of pain because I've forgiven them. We've got to walk free, people. Even if people in the church have hurt us, let it go. Otherwise, you walk with a limp and you open the door for the enemy to torment if we don't forgive. Walk on. Be free because there's a world out there. Let's not have war against each other. There's, that's where the war is out there. Hebrews 12. Don't we just love Hebrews 12? And I want, you know, one day when the books are opened, I want all our names to be in the Hebrews 12. This one, they overcame this, and that one overcame that. And this, look at this, and this one. So all our names are there having overcome so much. And just love the name of Jesus. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you read the Bible and you see this one did this and that one did that and that, and it's a witness to the to the that, that, that when God speaks, He does what He He keeps His promises. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And you know what, people, run to get the prize. Run in your own lane to get the prize so that we can put it at his feet. Not jostling, not looking at someone, well, they've got, they prophesy three times and I can't prophesy. If God hasn't got them to prophesy three times, let's celebrate. And then do what we are called to do. If I'm not called to prophesy three times, I can try as I like. I'm not going to prophesy three times. But I can do what other people can't do. And you can all do what I cannot do. So let's work together, not comparing, and run our race because there's a prize. Somebody put on Twitter, courage is not an emotion, it's a decision. So when I went in the townships, I was so scared. I mean, it's crazy. It was in the time when we white people weren't allowed in the townships and so on. I was so scared. Oh, Father, give me courage. I could have prayed all day for courage and nothing would have happened. But I got in my car and I drove, you know, praying in every language that I could out of fear. And when I got there, courage came. Whoa. And I saw the security police and the courage was there. See, courage is a decision I decide. God says, I am so scared. But I decide to do it. No good staying in your room on your bed. Oh, Father, give me courage. You can start, but then you've got to do. It's not, it's not an emotion. It's a decision. And therefore, be courageous. Step out in ways you've never stepped out before. Because God has planned it for you. And when you start heart beating, dry mouth and all, go and do it. Simply because he says, go and give it a go. Give it a go and, and be courageous and run the race to win the prize. Father God, Father God, we just come to you, Lord. Because actually this is, this is all about you. We can talk and talk and talk, but it's you. Because not one of us can do a thing. I can't do a thing. I can't do a thing. All I can do is obey. All I can do is obey. And the final outcome belongs to you, Lord. And so I want to ask for a church of obedience. Because you said they step out and they do things. When something's going to be a blessing, they step out and do. When they're not sure, they come and ask. 
and just see how things will work. I want to ask for an army of people here, tucked into arm in arm, moving forward, marching to the drumbeat of Jesus to actually advance the kingdom. And Lord Jesus, you said the gates of hell will not prevail. And so often the marks of the gates of hell are on us, pushing us back. But they won't prevail. And so I want to ask for a courageous people in this next season. Thank you for how far you brought them. It's, it's incredible. We are so grateful, so grateful for your presence here. And the fire of revival is already burning here. It's, it's, it's small, but it's here. And Father, will you blow on, on the... It's not even embers, there's a fire. But we want more, Lord. Yes. We want more. And more of that... Your, thank you, your presence is with us, but there's always more. There's always more. And so we call on you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and fill. Come and fill people. Come and fill people, Lord. Make people so hungry for you. And hungry for you <clears throat> and hungry to actually serve others. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit. Come and do a work that only you can do here. Only you. Our eyes are on you, Lord. Now I want to ask you, I, there's always a challenge when I go somewhere. I can't just speak and sit down. Why can't I just speak and sit down? But it's like, no. There's a challenge. If you want to be, move in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want to see people saved and healed. And it's not for the superstars, this is us, we, the bricks. The bricks chosen by God before time. I want you to come forward here. We're going to ask God to do a work. The invitation is here. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with a, a new, a fresh anointing to actually see things happen, and if you find it difficult to stand, come and sit in the front. But you know, it's not, you know, if you find you can't even leave your place, it's okay. Because it's not, I just like people to move after a while when you've sat still for a while. But, but you know, God touches one in one seat. It's nobody misses out because they couldn't move. Um, God is full of grace and he walks all around this place. So it's not about coming forward. But some people do need to move and come forward. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. There's lots of place. You can come, you can press in and come in closer. Uh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And whatever you're comfortable with. I want you to, if you're comfortable, put your hands up, close your eyes, and say, Lord, we sang. We sang and we called on you to come. And Lord, you said if we seek you, with all our hearts, we will find you. So now come and fill us to overflowing. Lord, we want that fire. If we sang about fire too, we've got fire. 
But now more, stoke the fire. Blow, blow on us, Holy Spirit, in a whole new way, for a whole new season. Holy Spirit, come. Just, just call him for yourself. Bring him, bring him your infirmities, your panics. Bring him where you feel insecure. Bring him all those things and say, Lord, even if, I, even if I doubt myself, even if I don't feel secure, I still want to be filled because there's a job to do. To love you, Lord, and love each other. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Whoa, Holy Spirit. Yeah, wave upon wave, Holy Spirit. Let the fire come. Let the fire come. Bring great healing here today, Lord. In the prayer meeting this morning, somebody prayed about, Lord, will you do something about the grumbling? Stop grumbling, stop the grumbling. And so I want to break the hold and, and of grumbling. If there's been grumbling here, when I go to a church, I listen to what is being prayed to get what God is showing me is happening. Prayers tell you lots. So I want to break the hold of any grumbling spirit. It's not big. It's tiny. And yet grumbling can actually stop the work of God or, or make it go slower. And so if you have been moaning, groaning, grumbling, ask God for forgiveness. Say, sorry. Sorry. I, my brick came a bit loose out of the wall. From the top there, if you want to come and join, feel very free to come and join. But God is there. He's just there. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Bring great healing. I want to ask, Lord, thank you that there was a call for healing this morning. But now again, Lord, will you heal bodies? Will you heal minds? Will you heal aches and pains, Lord? We want to be an army without aches and pains. Running, running for you. We just break the hold of any spirit of infirmity that would want to trip anybody up here to stop you and make you feel useless in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, it's not always about a wobble and a shake. Because sometimes people think, yeah, but I'm not, I don't feel him. I'm, I, you know, I'm not wobbling or shaking or this or that. Or I don't feel him. If you are secure in your mind that you're born again and a child of God, and, and you are secure in, I've come for the Holy Spirit. That's him. He's come. It's not about a feeling. It really is not about a feeling. And it's not about a wobble and shake. It's not. We like all that, and some people do, but often we make that the yardstick of whether he's come. But you know, when he's come, there's peace. Oh, Father, peace. Peace in minds. Peace, peace in minds with mental health. Peace today, Lord. Your peace. Let your peace come. Holy Spirit.
And now, Father, I want to ask for an impartation of the roar that you've given me for the church. Whoa. Into each person here. If you want that roar, if you want that roar, and the roar's different for everybody. I'm a loudmouth, so is roar. But they are quieter people, and the roar will come across different. However your roar is. Holy Spirit, I want to ask for something here today. A breakthrough of a roar in the spirit. And an anger towards the enemy, Satan, who has robbed people, us, God's church, and then also the nation so. The anger, put it in the right place. Not with each other or circumstances or whatever. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And now that you are full up, the weight, as I stand on this platform, the weight of the presence of God, I've got to hold myself not to shout with delight. I've got to be all contained, you know. Because the presence of God with you is quite incredible. And I don't think you realize what you've got here in Winchester. Father, open, open eyes, give revelation of the power that, that is here in this place. Give revelation. Open eyes. Open eyes of the heart to give revelation of the love of God and the power that's in this place. I want to break the hold of any demonic thing that has made minds dull. It's the same old, same old, and we always do. And a bl- Lord, will you make this church a family where, there, where it can be messy and yet there's order? Lord, where we have sung worship and we have spoken worship and we have prayer worship and at the moment we in front here worshiping you, Lord. Everything we do is worship. It's not just the singing. When we go out to work, we're worshiping God at work. When we, when we work to honor the boss or if you're a boss, to honor your people, that is the worship of God. Worship is all round. Holy Spirit, come. Now I want you to do something more risky. I want you to find somebody. And this is a risk because we all don't know each other. But I want you to speak the biggest blessing and power of the Holy Spirit on each other. Nothing negative. Don't go beyond that, please. Just, ooh, what I've got. May you be blessed. May you be filled to overflowing. Because you guys are full up and you don't even realize so it's a practice session if we don't get it right here how are we going to go to the world and be a blessing so we actually the family practices on each other and we get blessed at the same time but it's a safe place this is family this is family if you are a visitor today or you've come for a while and you don't know Jesus and you think what a bunch of loons you know what God's brought you here And um, we would love you to join us. Not to become a loon, because we're not. We're not. We're not crazy. We know. We've got the pearl of great price. We know what we've got. And we want you to know, to say you are so welcome to even come to the front as well. 
But I want you to find somebody, not husband, wife, or your next best friend, but somebody and pray God's blessing and the fire of the Holy Spirit on them. Is that okay? You're up for that. Full of courage. Step out. It's a decision. Go for it. If you need to be healed, be healed while they're praying. Are you loaded with Holy Spirit power? Simply because he said. Simply because the Bible said. Simply because the Bible said. In the Church of England. Oh, I've got so much power, you know. Nobody listens. (laughs) In the Church of England... They've got a wonderful practice. They look at each other and they say, may the peace of God be upon you. I just find that wonderful. I want you to go, those of you who are in front, and I want you to go to people who are sitting and up there, please, quick, and say, bless you, bless you, bless you. Let the blessing flow. And and people, please just bear with us. This is a practice session for all of us, really. But, uh, But you know, though we're practicing, God will do it. We want a whole church blessed. And you are blessed. But this lot came forward, and therefore I'm going to put them to work. So go and, and up there, go and bring blessing, bring blessing to people. And a quick, so that everybody is blessed and yet we are on time. We are a bit over time already. So run, people, run and bring blessing. In Joel it says they run on the walls. They run through the city, they run on the walls. Because great is, is um, the word of God. Great are the people who are carrying the word of God. Go, people.